0: And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. It's Friday, December 21st, 3.04 p.m. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, broadcasting high top the campus of Harvest Ministries from the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, KHMG 88.1 FM. Glad to have you with us here for this episode 295. 295 on Friday, December 21st. If you're listening to the live broadcast, Two hours of live, local, talk and variety programming. We rebroadcast the show in its entirety, Saturdays noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. Catch us on The Rebound. We really appreciate you listening to this show, and we want to make it convenient for you. So not only the rebroadcast, but you can also download the podcast through our website, khmg.org, khmg.org. You can listen to the live stream. You can download the podcast of this show and many other great programs. That are produced here locally, right here at the KHMG studios. If you ever want to visit the studios, we have limited hours during the Christmas break, but we are on the third floor directly above the hub at Harvest Ministries Campus, and we'd love to have you stop by during normal business hours after the holiday break is over. We hope to entertain you today and educate you a little bit, edify you in your Christian walk, and just give you a nice option for Friday afternoon as you're driving around. Some of you, I think all the schools have let out by now, unless you're homeschool, which you never get a break. Homeschool is just always there. But all of you listening, wherever you're listening at, we're glad you're with us today. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today talking about different Christmas things. I'm excited because our uh, Live Till Five staff baker has prepared some treats for us and i've heard it's going to be great and part of the theme today it's just kind of another christmas themed show but we're going to be talking about christmas foods from around the world so i'm very excited our staff baker she is an amazing uh, uh baker we don't pay her enough how much do we pay her chris uh nothing okay we pay her nothing so we definitely do not pay her enough for what she does for the show but uh Excited to have some treats brought up to the studio here in just a little while. It is the month of December, and uh, in front of me I have a list provided to me every month by Bob, the librarian slash registrar. So, Bob, thank you very much. Did you know, I might have mentioned this before, but it's worth mentioning again, that the month of December is Buckwheat Month. Hmm. Um, If you've ever had buckwheat pancakes... Yeah, they're not that much fun. Uh let's see, what else? Uh National Fruitcake Month. It is National Thai Month, T I E. It is Eggnog Month. That's kind of an obvious choice. And uh let's see, Winter Squash Month. This last week of December is uh it's about time week is the only Weekly observance in the U.S. other than Kwanzaa, which starts on the 26th, really the only observance of note uh, on my list here. Now, it being the 21st, let's see, what is today? The 21st, it's Anne and Samantha Day, crossword puzzle day, first day of winter, or the winter solstice, so this is the shortest day of the year, so the days will only get longer from here, uh, daylight-wise. Forefathers Day, Humbug Day, don't celebrate that. International Dalek Remembrance Day, those of you who know what a Dalek is, you're probably like, Ah, oh, I know, I know, yes. Who said that? Uh, Kiwi Fruit Day in California, National Hamburger Day, Homeless Persons Remembrance Day, Underdog Day, World Peace Day, and Yule. The 22nd, Abilities Day, Be a Lover of Silence Day, National Date Nut Bread Day, which, you know, if it's in a bunt pan, I do like date nut bread. Haiku Poetry Day is tomorrow, the 22nd. 23rd, Human Light Celebration and uh, Roots Day. The 24th, Christmas Eve, Last Minute Shopper's Day and National Eggnog Day. Of course, the 25th, uh, let's see, Alphabet Day or no l Day. Get it? Alphabet. A-P-H-A-B-E-T. Alphabet. Or no, and then in a, in quotation marks, the letter L. Noel Day. Alphabet Day. Kids, you can use that at home over and over again if you like. It is Christmas on the 25th, of course. Christmas Pudding Day. And National Pumpkin Pie Day, which that fits. The 26th is Boxing Day. Candy Cane Day. National Thank You Note Day. And National Winers Day. The 27th, Free Balloon Day. Howdy Doody Day. Fruitcake Day and Visit the Zoo Day. The 28th, uh, let's see here. Endangered Species Act Day. National Chocolate Day is the 28th and the 29th. And the Pledge of Allegiance Day. And then the the 29th is, uh, we'll talk about that next week. There you go. A few observances happening in the month of December. I also get from Bob, the librarian slash registrar, a list of things that happened this week in history. Now, Lawrence Nang will be coming by in a few minutes, hopefully, if he's not out gift wrapping, to participate in the show with his regular segment of This Day in History. But since Bob submits this, I hate to pass it up. And there's some really good things on here. Like in 1606, 105 English colonists set sail in three small ships under the command of Captain Christopher Newport they reached the coast of what is now Virginia on April 26, 1607, after a difficult four month voyage across the Atlantic Ocean. Uh, their settlement, Jamestown. 1776, I'm going to come back to this one. 1812, Sacagawea, the Native American guide for Lewis and Clark expedition, may have died. Now, there are a lot of mayhaves on any day, but this one's of note. Historians don't agree on what happened to Sacagawea. Some say today was her death. uh would have been the 20th, would be the day of her death. Because of the evidence in the Toussaint Chabernot, the French-Canadian trader guide, um, he had a wife that died on this day. Sacagawea had been either traded to him or he won her while gambling. However, other historians believe she went back to the reservation in the Dakota area and lived to be 100 years old. Hmm. 1852, Rutherford B. Hayes and Lucy Ware Webb were married. What's important about that? Well... He would be elected president of the United States in 1876, so 24 years later. She would be the first lady, so the first first lady, to be a college graduate. And Hayes was known as the dark horse president. 1860, so this week in history in 1860, ended up being the first step towards the Civil War. South Carolina held a unanimous vote to secede from the Union. This happened not long after Abraham Lincoln was elected president, but he wasn't yet inaugurated. South Carolinians feared Lincoln would end slavery. South Carolina was the first of six states to secede, and President James Buchanan didn't do anything to stop them. Jefferson Davis became the president of the Confederate States of America in February 1861. Abraham Lincoln was inaugurated two weeks later. And the rest is history. Uh, Let's see here. 1956, city officials in Montgomery, Alabama, desegregated the bus system. Officials took this action in response to a Supreme Court ruling. This ended the boycott that had begun December 1, 1955, so over a year earlier, when Rosa Parks refused to give a white rider her bus seat. It was a big victory, and it set up an important man to be the leader of the civil rights movement. In 1996, uh, Carl Sagan died of cancer. So a number of things happened this week in history. Thank you so much, Bob. But one of the big things that happened this week in history, I'd like to just take a moment before we go to break here and talk about, read you a little article about it. But in 1776, George Washington and his soldiers crossed the Delaware this week in history in 1776. Let's learn a little more about that. I have it right here in front of me. Here are 10 facts about Washington's crossing of the Delaware River. And this is from... The MountVernon.org website. So, seems like a reliable source for anything about George Washington here. Number one, one of the facts that you might not know. I might not do all ten here, but Washington crossed the Delaware River so that his army could attack an isolated garrison of Hessian troops located in Trenton, New Jersey. So, basically, the, the this iced-over river stood between Washington and and these uh, 1,400 soldiers that were Hessians, I believe German mercenaries, basically, and they crossed uh, over to be able to attack them on the December 25th, 26th. Number two, Washington's attack plan included three separate river crossings, but only one made it across. Washington's plan of attack included three different crossings. Colonel Codwall- Wallader was to lead the force of 1,200 Philadelphia militia and 600 Continentals across the river in Burlington, New Jersey. His role was to harass and prevent the British and Hessian units near the town from racing north to support the Hessians at Trenton. Ewing's force of 800 in Pennsylvania also were supposed to cross, but they didn't make it. And uh, long story short, only Washington uh, was able to do it. Basically, uh, the two others were unable to cross the ice-choked river And Washington's main force managed the crossing, but was more than three hours delayed. Number three, spies and deserters had informed the British and Hessians that Trenton was likely to be attacked. Never heard that before. Number four, Washington's force was used, uh, they used a collection of cargo boats and ferries to transport his men across the Delaware River. Number five, experienced watermen from New England and Philadelphia are, are ably guided, they ably guided the boats across the challenging river. Number six, the crossing was made worse by the arrival of a strong storm that brought freezing rain, snow, and terrifying winds. If you've ever seen any of the artist renditions of the event, you can kind of see how how uh, dangerous it was. Number seven, Washington's careful pl- carefully planned timetable was woefully behind schedule, and Washington contemplated canceling the attack. Eight, the Continentals brought a great quantity of artillery across the river. Nine, one soldier who made the crossing lived long enough to be photographed. You can see a picture of Conrad Heyer, circa 1852. And then number 10, the most famous American painting shows Washington and his army crossing the Delaware River. It's one of the most famous paintings in America is of Washington's crossing. And if you see the picture, you'd know exactly what I'm talking about. Painted in 1851 by Ger- German artist Emanuel Lutz. Washington crossing the Delaware became a sensation on both sides of the Atlantic. Painted in Dusseldorf, Germany, Washington's crossing the Delaware showed the bold General Washington navigating through the frozen river with his compatriots braving the elements on their way to victory at Trenton. So, uh, yeah, remembered forever through that painting there. Here's some other facts. The Delaware River is less than 300 yards wide at the point where Washington's army crossed. Colonel Henry Knox was given command of the river crossing operation. It took the American Army roughly four hours to march from the river crossing site to the outskirts of Trenton. Uh, Let's see, what else? Future U.S. President James Monroe crossed with the American forces and was wounded at the Battle of Trenton. He chose to challenge or countersign victory or death for his forces who crossed the river. Washington was 44 years old at the time of the river crossing, and there were roughly 1,380 Hessian soldiers in and around Trenton at the start of the battle. So there you go. Very interesting. If you want to know more about that, um, it is through the mountvernon.org. You can read all about it. Really very interesting. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, a little more Live Till 5, including Christmas trivia, talking about Christmas food, Christmas songs, this day in history, a quiz with Sebastian, some great treats coming up from our staff baker, and some other stranger-than-fiction stories as well. Stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. It's episode 295 on this Friday, December 21st, 318 p.m. Here at the KHMG Studios, I'm Jared Baldwin. Back after this short break. We're back with a little more live till 5 it's friday december 21st 3 22 p.m here episode 295 if you ever miss part of the show saturdays noon to two sunday nights 7 to 9 p.m you can catch us on the rebound by tuning in to 88.1 fm and listening to the show in its rebroadcast we rebroadcast the show in its entirety for those of you who can't catch the whole show in two hours or if you like listen to a little bit here a little bit there We're trying to accommodate that as a convenience to you. You can also download the podcast through khmg.org. A few hours after the show, we usually have the podcast uploaded. And you'll know it's uploaded if you follow us on Facebook. So go to Facebook, find Harvest Family Radio Guam, follow us, and you'll get notified if you want to be notified when we upload a new podcast, including this show. And so we'd love to have you tapped into all the different resources we have. Whatever works best for you. We, we just want to be a blessing to you. If you go to our website, khmg.org, you can contact us through there, email us through that. But we have a lot of great resources on our website. Most people probably don't realize the the library of sermons we have there. And they're all cataloged by author or speaker, by scripture passage, and by topic. And if you'd like to download some resources during your holiday time, you might have some free time on your hands. Looking for something good to listen to? You can go there and look up a few topics, download a few messages, and use that as a resource for your own personal edification. We do that for you. And uh, we appreciate it when you use those resources and let us know about it. Send us a message, a private message through Facebook. Send us an email. Stop by and say hi to us during business hours. We love knowing that uh, we're making a difference in some people's lives. This show, of course, might not make the biggest difference in your life. Like, the reindeer rule. Do you know what the reindeer rule is? This is very interesting. Maybe you've heard of this, but it, it in the back of my mind, I could feel just a little, a little synapse firing. Like, I've heard this before, but it was not in my random access memory. Old computer term there. Um, here you go. The reindeer rule. Why you'll see Rudolph in any public Christmas display. This is from Mental Floss. Uh, Let's see. The Establishment Clause of the First Amendment says, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. But in practice, not everyone agrees on what abiding by that clause means in real life situations. So like a courthouse or a public park, can it feature a nativity scene? Interesting question. According to the Supreme Court, maybe not. Or at least not unless it includes a menorah or a plastic reindeer. In 1984, the case Lynch versus Donnelly, the court established a precedent that became known as the quote-unquote reindeer rule, a legal standard that has governed public displays of holiday cheer ever since. So this has been on the books for 34 years, I guess. In case, uh, The case hinged on a Rhode Island display that was owned by the city of Pawtucket but was located in a park owned by a nonprofit organization. The annual display, which dated back 40 years, included a nativity scene, also known as a creche, in addition to other Christmas time symbols like reindeer pulling and sleigh, Christmas tree, season's greeting, banner, etc., the justices ruled in favor of the nativity scene, arguing that there was a secular argument to be made about including religious references. And then it goes on. In the case, Justice Sandra Day O'Connor put forth a legal rule of thumb called the Endorsement Test writing that governments can run afoul of the Establishment Clause by appearing to endorse a specific religion or belief rather than being inclusive of a variety of beliefs. Quote, Endorsement sends a message to non-adherents that they are outsiders, not full members of the political community, and an accompanying message to adherents that they are insiders, favored members of a political community, O'Connor explained. According to the National Constitution Center, quote, court observers at the time saw the presence of the reindeer as broadening the purpose of the display, end quote. And so the reindeer rule was born. In 1989, Supreme Court ruling in reference of two holiday displays inside and outside the Allegheny County Courthouse in Pittsburgh made this standard even more clear. A nativity scene inside the courthouse the promenade displayed the banner uh, that read in Latin, Glory to God for the birth of Jesus Christ with no secular object on display, was ruled unconstitutional. Meanwhile, a display outside the courthouse with a menorah, a Christmas tree, and a sign that declared the city's salute to liberty, as the case ruling puts it, was allowed to stay. With the overtly Christian indoor display, nothing counteracted the government endorsement of, quote-unquote, patently Christian message. So, the reindeer rule. So, it sounds like if you want to have a display on... Public property on a public building, it has to be inclusive of of different symbology that doesn't endorse just one point of view. Now, on private property and all that, I know that there's all kinds of court cases right now and people challenging, and you've got um, Freedom From Religion group in the States that's putting up billboards outside of Atlanta, kind of mocking Christianity or, or, or trying to Criticize Christianity, and then you have cities where you might have a a private display on public property or a public display on private property, and there's a lot to that. And I'm not trying to get into all the politics of it. I just thought it was interesting the reindeer rule that if you just add in Rudolph, you're one step closer to not getting shut down if it's a uh, on public property. Anyway, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than that. I don't mean to oversimplify. Hey, here's some weird but true Christmas facts. Festive facts to light up the holiday. I cannot remember who provided this book to me last year, but it's super helpful. For example, one of the world's tallest living Christmas trees is 162 foot tall, and it's a fir tree, F-I-R, tree in Idaho, decorated with more than two miles of lights each year. Uh, Here's some more facts. Some poinsettia plants can grow taller than a basketball hoop. Why did they choose a basketball hoop? I'm not sure probably because this is a book for children and they're trying to give some perspective. People used to decorate their Christmas trees with boxes of animal crackers. I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. Fried chicken is the most popular Christmas meal in Christmas Eve meal in Japan. National Candy Cane Day is celebrated on December 26th in the United States. The 1946 Christmas classic, It's a Wonderful Life. Might watch that tonight, actually. Used a combination of soap and firefighting chemicals to make fake movie snow. And when you see uh, Jimmy Stewart's character, George Bailey, standing on the bridge and the snow is blowing into his face and there are these huge flakes, please don't be distracted by thinking that they're shavings off of an Irish spring bar of uh, bath soap. Let's see here. Snow was once made on movie sets by painting cornflakes white. That would be really awful. There are actually four North Poles, technically. Christmas caroling began as wassailing, an old English custom greeting and toasting to friends. U.S. President Andrew Jackson once held an indoor snowball fight at the White House. He did a lot of crazy things. The fastest time for a marathon marathoner in gingerbread man costume, three hours and 29 minutes. The world's largest Christmas stocking measures as long as four school buses lined up end to end. A team of scientists in the U.K. created Christmas cards so tiny that 8,276 of them would fit on just one postage stamp. 12% of the Earth's surface is permanently covered in ice and snow. Uh, Let's see here. The world's largest wreath was wider than a soccer field and heavier than two elephants. That's not the one that used to be displayed in the Harvest Auditorium, but it was close. Uh, let's see here. In the Ukraine, people decorate their Christmas trees with fake spiders and webs. Hmm. The largest cup of hot cocoa ever would have filled 20 bathtubs. Uh, let's see here. The Tudor Christmas Pie, T-U-D-O-R. So like as the uh, royal family, the previous royal lineage in the UK, the Tudor, T-U-D-O-R, Christmas Pie, had in it a pigeon, a partridge, a chicken, a goose, and a turkey, all in a pie crust. Hmm, maybe we can get our Live Till 5 staff baker to make us a Tudor pie. I'll ask her when she comes here. I don't know where you get partridge here on Guam, though. Some of those others we could probably find. Every year, people build more than 10,000 snowmen at an ice festival in Sapporo, Japan. Yes, Sapporo, the Snow and Ice Festival is amazing, I've heard. We got to go to the Hirosaki Snow and Ice Festival. It was pretty amazing as well. But we've had friends from here in Guam fly all the way to Sapporo just to be able to attend that. I think the, the flight has changed, though. I don't know if you can get there directly anymore. One snowflake can contain 180 billion molecules of water. Queen Elizabeth had a baker create a life-size gingerbread cookie model of her important royal guests. And uh, the largest gathering of people wearing holiday-themed sweaters. 3,473 people at a basketball game in Kansas. It was a KU basketball game. Oh, here's one more. In Florida, people make snowmen out of sand. That's nothing of note, but uh, that happens here in Guam as well. Now, we're going to take another short break. When we come back, we've got Sebastian waiting in the wings. We have... Some treats coming up uh, to the show here shortly. Not on their own. Someone's bringing some treats up to the show. We're going to have This Day in History with Lawrence Nagengast. A little trivia. Some interesting fun facts about Christmas music, Christmas food, the news, etc., etc. So stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host, episode 295. It's Friday, December 21st, 3.33 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. More live till 5 after this short break. more live till 5 it's three thirty nine p.m here at the khmg studios friday december 21st just a few days till christmas you might be listening on saturday between noon and two or sunday night between 7 and 9 p.m this is recorded live from 3 to 5 p.m on fridays but we rebroadcast the show in its entirety just for your convenience we also put it into podcast form so you can listen to it anytime you like after we produce the podcast now, uh, before we get into our other segments, I wanted to mention a little bit about George Washington. We talked about the Delaware Crossing it was on Christmas in seventeen seventy six a symbol of American patriotism, really. The painting's one of the most famous paintings in all of America, but it was actually painted in Germany and by a german German uh painter. And actually, Washington was crossing the river to fight some German missionaries, mercenaries, missionaries, no, he was not doing that, mercenaries. 1777, though, George Washington found himself in the Continental Army in Valley Forge for winter camp, not the fun kind of winter camp. With the onset of the bitter winter cold, the Continental Army under General George Washington still in the field enters its winter camp at Valley Forge, 22 miles away from British-occupied Philadelphia. Washington chose a site on the west bank of the Skykill River that could be effectively defended in the event the British attacked. During 1777, Patriot forces under General Washington suffered a major defeat, major defeats against the British at the Battles of Brandywine and Germantown. Philadelphia, the capital of the United States, fell into British hands. The particularly severe winter of 77-78 proved to be a great trial for the American army. And of the 11,000 soldiers stationed at Valley Forge, hundreds died from disease. However, the suffering troops were held together by loyalty to the Patriot cause and to General Washington himself, who stayed with his men. As the winter stretched on, Prussian military advisor Frederick von Steiben kept the soldiers busy with drills and training. In modern military strategy, when Washington's army marched out of the forge on June 19th, 1778, the men were better disciplined, stronger in spirit than when they had entered. Nine days later, they won a victory against the British under Lord Cornwallis at the Battle of Monmouth in New Jersey. And uh, when you look at that one very famous painting, you see it. You'll see a lot of people with a reproduction of the painting of The Prayer at Valley Forge by Arnold Freyberg, and it's George Washington kneeling in the snow next to his horse and the horse kind of is breathing and there's there's vapor from the from the the cold the you can kind of see the horse's breath and it's one of the most inspiring this is according to Ronald Reagan, former president of the US, the late Ronald Reagan, one of the most inspiring portrayals of American history is that of George Washington on his knees in the snow at Valley Forge. That moving image personifies and testifies to our founders' dependence upon divine providence during the darkest hours of our revolutionary struggle. And here's, here's an excerpt uh, that George Washington, of what George Washington was praying, or at least uh, taken from Nathaniel Randolph Snowden's Diary and Remembrances. He was with the Quaker Isaac Potts when he recounted where he found General George Washington praying alone in the woods. So... This was someone that was observing. They were actually there with Washington. In that woods, pointing to a close in view, pointing to a close in view, I heard a plaintive sound as of a man's prayer. I tied my horse to a sapling and went quietly into the woods. And to my astonishment, I saw the great George Washington on his knees alone with his sword on one side and his cocked hat on the other. He was at prayer to the God of the armies, beseeching to interpose with his divine aid as it was, yea, crisis and the cause of the country, of humanity, and of the world. Such a prayer I never heard from the lips of man. I left him alone praying. Very interesting how one person's observation of a leader, really the founding father of our nation, how his dependence on divine intervention during a time of difficulty Really defined Washington's leadership and something that, uh, of course, would be awesome to see over and over again, no matter who the leader of our nation is, that they rely on divine intervention and divine providence. So, gonna take a short break when we come back. The treats are before us. Our Live Till Five staff baker has come through in an amazing way. We have drinks. We have cookies, and we're going to be enjoying them and passing it on to you folks today. This is Live Till 5, episode 295, Friday, December 21st, 3.44 p.m. Short break. Back after this. Live till 5, 3.49 p.m. here on this Friday, December 21st, episode 295. And, you know, I don't oftentimes feel sorry for our listeners, but today I feel sorry for you because you're not here. You're listening, but you don't get to enjoy the full effect of all the wonderful treats we have. Sebastian just brought drinks and treats for all of us. And we are going to uh, go around the room. Now, this segment was not brought to us by Hebrews, although we used their cups, right? Yes. Okay. So, well, I won't play. I won't plate. play the little. That's my plate. It's your plate. So this is brought to <laughs> us by the Basildua Savings and Loan, um, uh, baked goods and commissary, and our staff baker, Jessica Basildua, made these wonderful wedding cookies. Or little snowballs. I think she called breath. them Russian tea cakes. Russian tea cakes, yes. Yeah, I think. Yep, I've heard it both ways. Oh, okay. They they are they are all of the above and they are really, really good and they melt in your mouth. Am I right, Lawrence?
1: Yeah. And or on even your shirt. on your shirt, yes. Yeah.
0: And on the carpet below the uh sound desk here. With the Yanceville <laughs> feast.
1: Yes. I'm pretty happy with you. That is really good. (laughs)
0: It's like one of those, if you go to our Facebook page, when are we uploading that picture? Already, It's there. Okay, so if you go to Harvest Family Radio Facebook page, you'll see pictures of the cookies that our staff baker prepared for us today. So thank you, staff baker, Jessica. We really do appreciate it. Merry Christmas. We also have drinks in front of us, which our staff baker is also staff baker, comma, barista. Yeah. Okay. Comma, my wife. Okay, there you go. Um, and not all of us can say that, but we can all say baker and barista. So, uh, Chris, what does your drink taste like? Oh, I didn't even taste the drink yet. You didn't? I was too busy
2: with other things.
0: Oh, you were enjoying the uh, Russian tea cake.
2: Wow, I don't. This has to be some sort of a mint tea. Uh, it, it's a tea because I see the tea bag. Okay, yes, yes, hanging out. But I, I think it's it's mint or something. It's, minty? Yeah, it's it's kind of creamy and minty. Mm. I'm not. I'm not sure what this. I mean. I, I guess it's just mint tea, right? Could it could be. be mint it Could tea. be like a mint milk tea, possibly. Let me. Let me. I better t- try another drink of it because I. I didn't quite.
0: That's the line I always use when I just want to drink more of something. Like let me. Let me taste that one more time.
2: Yeah, there's some creaminess to it. Okay, but it's a a mint tea of some sort. Okay, all right. So it's minty yeah. and creamy. It's Not and terribly tea. sweet. Yep. But, but um, it's not. It doesn't feel like it's just a straight tea with no okay. sweetener in it.
0: All right. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. All right. Sebastian, what does yours taste
3: like? Mine is a hot drink, and it tastes like a coffee. Yeah. Like if you go to a restaurant. I like a coffee. Just a coffee? <laughs> yeah. But uh, Coffee. There's, there's a, little, just a little creaminess to it, okay. and maybe a little like a shot of vanilla or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creamy. Or like Do you guys gotta...
0: have an espresso machine at home? I don't
3: know. I you, think Do you so. go in the kitchen? I
0: think so. <laughs> yeah, Your wife is I probably like pulling her hair, out, her blonde hair out right now. Like Sebastian. Of
2: course, espresso. we, we espresso. got it for our I think we wedding, remember, have from my mother. I think
0: that's all we could have because our our, our coffee machine broke. Okay, so because so, this yeah. drink that I'm drinking tastes like it has espresso and it looks like it has froth on top as well. So yeah, or maybe I'm wrong. Does she have a little? Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, do you hear sounds coming from the kitchen? There's like oh <laughs> no. <sighs>
3: I really don't know. Or is it more of a? <laughs> blip, blip, it's blip, like blip, it's like something she puts on the stove.
1: Yes, and then. It's a percolator, uh, probably. Oh,
3: maybe yeah. she has the old school. Yeah, that's what she uses. She okay. didn't have like the one of those steam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and then it bubbles that.
1: through the top, and when it when yeah. you see the color mm-hmm. in the glass, yeah, globe at the top. That's to my
0: grandma.
3: Had
1: my think. mom-in-law still uses one of those. Yeah. Yep, it makes some of the best grainy coffee I've ever had.
0: Yes, you have to let the you get the, to put a little bit your to cheek and to gum. The Yeah, the, you let the ground fall to the bottom, and you pour it out very carefully. But, but if do. you're in a haste, then many you know, people you yeah. just throw
1: all the grounds in there and, the and you grounds, chew on them. They don't they don't hurt you. I don't Part think. meal, part drink. So
0: Perfect. I could probably attribute, you know, some of the best qualities of my life to having grounds inside of me. Um, what does yours taste like, Lawrence? Yours is uh, cold uh, pretty milk.
1: much gone, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's just an iced uh, iced latte, basically. Um good. But a, little from Sebastian's it, a little bit of coffee directly from. And he's not even the sure the potential if he has percolator that he could have on his stove. <laughs> We're right. not sure where it came from. Great. great. McDonald's with a new glass? Could be. Or could the kitchen. Be. All right. And
0: mine tastes like a latte as well, hot latte. With a little chocolate. So, and mine tastes like a uh, maybe a mocha or a or a uh, some type of um Simple latte. I with think a little mine has maybe a little of bit chocolate. of
1: caramel or something in it. There's something yeah. sweet in here. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so oh, give us the right. rundown, Sebastian. I the got big reveal. You
0: guys. Who had number one? Mm. Are there numbers on
3: these yeah, right. at the bottom? Uh, yeah, you have one. Oh, wait, oh okay. Oh, number okay two. I got I have it. Number two. You, got it. Uh, I don't have a Maybe you have number one, oh. Sebastian? Duh. The only cold drink. An iced caramel latte. Yeah, I nailed <laughs> from it. From your house. I even said caramel. Yeah. Wow. I know. Okay, number two, which is. Chris, yeah, the hot green tea, pep- hot green tea mint latte, or there you go. it has green Whoa. tea peppermint lime and yeah, matcha milk in there. That's, that's
0: that's a complex drink. Okay, wow, for, for someone that might or might not have an espresso machine. Okay, what is mine? I have number three. Number three is a hot caramel vanilla latte. Oh, that is great. You know what? She could just make that every week if she likes I'm, I'm fine with that. And what did you get there, Sebastian? I version? got the
3: triple shot vanilla cappuccino.
0: Whoa. Whoa. That's why I thought vanilla.
1: Yeah. It's also triple shot.
0: It's triple shot, so you won't sleep till Sunday.
1: hmm Oh. So yep, you're up till Christmas. Just, just in time. Not just good. in
0: time. So, all right. Well, uh, that was just great. Um, unfortunately, we don't have time to play the quiz, but we do have time for this day in history
1: if you want to go now, <laughs> sure. Lawrence.
0: Or we could go later. I mean, I can... No. I'm really
1: good at filling time. No, you know, as as am I, as we've seen for four years. Yes, our I've filled seven yes. minutes of time. That's right.
0: Two hundred and ninety five episodes under our belt, two hundred and ninety three spaces of filler somewhere in there. <laughs> there are probably you <laughs> two know episodes. two I'm episodes go with that were Cone. just pure. Yep. That we just Pinecone
1: was was pure radio. Yep. And I don't know. I don't know Maybe Lindsay's to... episode when we were Lindsay... gone. Yeah. <laughs> Where they that had like was, a choir coming and top sing, joy. and then they sold yes. uh,
0: they sold essential oils for a while. They, did. And, yeah, they did. It was like each a, of
1: those. <laughs> yep. Each of those have a special place in that two ninety five. We're
0: now sponsored by DoTerra. That's yeah, great. they are
1: awesome and simple uh, and. Um, uh magnolia farms probably is probably the other sponsor of the radio show then there you go (laughs) so what happened on uh december 21st this day in history well just some small things here around the christmas season but 1864 general sherman conquers savannah georgia uh savannah's right there on the coast that's the end of uh sherman's march to the sea which is basically dividing the southern confederate states in half uh, just kind of cut from the Mississippi River over to the Atlantic um, and kind of divided up the south and that was in part with um with Grant kind of circling up Lee right. up there in Appomattox Appomattox Yeah
0: they uh, I think he spared most of Savannah it was the one of the only southern cities he spared
1: yeah. that's I've why been Savannah there. is so pretty It is it, it's a really really pretty city uh, I like Charleston a little bit more um, but they're very close to each other, and and both have a lot of uh, neat parts of, of history there. Uh, 1872, uh, Phileas Fogg completes ah, his yes. round-the-world trip in 80 days, and, and Jules Verne around the world in 80 days. So that was this day in history Okay. Know, 1872. So it's a fictional
0: character <laughs> did
1: something fictional on a real date. On a real date, yeah. yeah. So just wanted to make sure we all knew that. Yeah, well, you know. 1891, first game of basketball based on rules created by James Naismith, played by 18 students in Springfield, Massachusetts. Uh, they still, I think it's a uh, it's an NBA award or maybe it's a college award. The Naismith Award yep. uh, is given. I think but, the
0: NCAA gives out a, an award. I think Naismith it is. Award, yeah.
1: But it's uh, he's the Peach Basket. Peach guy. baskets. Yes. Um, if 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 you didn't know that was, I guess part of the rules back in the day. As uh, they use those as their hoops. Yeah, and they hung them off of the balcony of the uh, gymnasium. When they'd have a rebounder, like uh, when they'd make it, because at the time there wasn't a hole in the bottom at the beginning. That didn't take long to fix that, but at the beginning there was. That yeah, oh. was the the sixth. man had to sit up there and <laughs> give the ball back yeah. to the other team. Yeah. Um. Nineteen twenty nine. Coco the clown first appears for Bertram Mills Circus in Manchester, England. Um. Pretty pretty scary looking Ooh. clown. Uh, I know well, as as far as so, our, as far yeah. as our so listeners go. So they have go, always been creepy. Yeah, I I only think they've gotten better. That's the problem. Uh I don't think uh I don't think they were worse back or I think I don't think they're see, worse today. I think they were It
2: seems to be a really new phenomenon though that people are scared of clowns. I don't know. Just in yeah. the past 10 years. We're just untrusting. All yeah, that, and I think you know,
0: horror writers have, oh, have ruined they've, it. They've adopted. Oh, I see. The clown Stephen King as, basically yeah. ruined you know <laughs> All clown oh, did he? Okay, yes. gotcha. Before you could have a clown as a Sunday school teacher, and people be like, Oh, great, it's a clown, children. Now, if you see a clown, you know, yeah, amongst He's a whole circus, people would be like, Hurt Oh, no, me. not a clown. Anyway, yeah, yeah, what else happened this day in history?
1: <laughs> um, well, we got time for a couple more here, but 1937, the first full length animated Walt Disney feature, which was Steamboat Willie, uh, no, full length. Oh, full length. Oh, uh, Snow White, yes, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. If, if, um, again this is not necessarily uh anything you have to do but the walt um documentary on mm-hmm. netflix yep. very good yeah very interesting um, uh, that they that they did of his life and um and the and the difficulties as any any entrepreneur or business beginnings is is tough well as we like to do at the very end um of our shows is um End with something positive. Yeah, that'd be great. Show I should say segment. This first hour will um, end with something positive. Yeah. I got a good feeling about it. <laughs> you know, I I never know. Um, as long as it's not the bubonic plague or the great Christmas flu. Well, just of for general just facts. Two thousand twelve, Gundam style. Hit one billion views on YouTube. That's not good news. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but that's, it did. It's factual. So it did. It In did. today's age, and now 1 we have a Gong,
0: Gangnam uh, store down on Marine Corps Drive. We do. It. It's full circle here. That's right. Okay. And, and Harvest and Guam. <laughs> All right. Well, Lawrence, thank you very much. And uh, guys, always. thanks for being here for the first hour. Listeners, thanks for hanging in there for an hour. We have another hour, including a quiz by Sebastian, who's married to the staff baker, by the way. And uh, we're going to enjoy a second hour of Live Till Five. I hope you do too. Just stick around. More Live Till Five after this. You're listening to Live Till Five on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata, Guam. Back after SRN News. A little more live till five. It's four o five p.m. on Friday, December twenty first. Episode two hundred and ninety five, almost to episode three hundred. I guess that's stating the obvious, but episode two hundred and ninety five. Hard to believe that we've been on the air for seventeen years like this.
2: You uh, mean, the
1: show or four, four years. years. So we've only been on the air oh. four years, but seventeen some... falls in between how long this show is running and how long the radio station. So I didn't know where that yeah, year. It's,
0: we've we've fell. been on the air. Uh, you know Three months in dog years But um, <laughs> it's, it's really been great So um, We love doing this show And this is the second hour Of Live Till Five So if you're just tuning in This is our live Local Talk and Variety program Here at KHMG Broadcast live from 3 to 5 p.m. Every Friday Hence the name Live Till Five But we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, Saturdays, noon to 2, Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m., so catch us on The Rebound if you miss any part of the show or you just want to listen to it over and over again. You can also download the podcast from khmg.org, not just the podcast of this excellent show, but many other excellent shows produced right here at the KHMG studios. Now, Sebastian. I'm here. You, everything that's been brought to the show by you so far today has been amazing. Mm-hmm. let's continue that trend of course. with an amazing quiz. No, no pressure. Amazing little game that people at home, listeners at home, all our best friends can play along. Yeah, yeah. this is an easy one, actually, right. that everyone can play along with.
3: <sighs> <laughs> this song. Um, okay, so I call this quiz, quiz Miss songs. I used that I, like I that. I was so focused on the song. I, I like that. It's a quiz
0: Christmas song.
3: The it's a Christmas song. song. The Christmas. So, this is actually, I'm going to give some lyrics to some of these songs. All right. I'm not I hope this sing is it. one
2: of them.
0: <laughs> no, we know
3: this one all too well.
2: This reminds me, you know what that reminds me of when you do that? When you used to, with Nick Brown, you would play. Dixie or something? Yes, yes. Well, he played Baba Yetu
1: Well, no, anytime
0: he wanted to do... So he would pick a song of the week, right? Yeah. And it would be some classical song or whatever. And I would always accidentally on purpose play some version of Dixie, (laughs) which just drove him crazy. And and I'd let it play out until he said something. I'd 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 like to have
1: Dominic come by every now and then, February, June. We
0: might might just... Next time uh, your wife is up here, because she's the one who kind of... Knows help it. me, help me validate the use of that song. We might uh, play it next time she's up here. No matter what the season is, yeah, Easter Cantata promotional. Hey, is Adon- here. Hee haw, hee haw. <laughs> I don't know okay. if she will appreciate that. So but the Christmas, the quiz, the the quizmas. Songs. It sounds like that Mel, Mel Blank song. Quiz. The hat I got for Christmas is too big. Have yeah. you ever heard that? No. Okay. Anyway, go <laughs> that ahead. Should be on the next
3: quiz. Yeah. All right. So or the next song for this quiz to work. You can't be thinking out loud as far as the answer goes, because okay. if you do, it'll pretty easily give an answer away. Okay. Right? All right, so all right, so just think in your head and be like, okay, it's one of these options. All right, so here we go. Uh, I'll be giving the lyric, and then and then a couple song choices for you. <laughs> Question one: My world is changing. I'm rearranging. Does that mean Christmas changes too? Is a Christmas song from which of these Christmas movies? White Christmas. The Polar Express, How the Grinch Stole Christmas,
2: It's a Wonderful Life. I see. I see why you wouldn't talk it out. <laughs> As Chris okay. def- looks for it. Okay.
1: Sort of I'll, say, I'll okay. say this. It makes for a little bit more awkward radio not speaking. It's yes. half yeah. of our fun. The is
0: people the... at home, though, they're, they're singing they're it. Talking they're trying to it. talk
1: it out in the car on their way home
0: from, you know. Caroling, okay. So who goes first? Chris can go. Jared and then Lawrence. Thank you. Um, I haven't seen this movie, but Polar Express. All right, I'm thinking that newer Grinch who stole Christmas, the 2002 Grinch who stole Christmas. Huh. The the
1: new. The, so not the newest.
0: Not the not the Jim animated Carrey.
1: one. Jim the, Carrey Grinch. Jim Carrey, yes, 2002, I believe it was. So I think this is. I want to say it's the. Um, I can't remember who sings it. It's a lady, and I can hear her singing it right now. Oh, um, You should get that checked out. You're talking it
2: out. You're talking it yeah, out. Yeah,
1: well, you guys have already answered. That's why. Um, so the options are White Christmas, no, Grinch, uh, Polar Express, and...
3: It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah,
1: that. not that one either. Um, boy, you, you guys have one of the two correct answers. I, I think I'm going to go with Polar Express because I don't remember hearing it in the Grinch, but we'll see.
3: My world is changing.
1: That's beautiful. <laughs>
3: That's the Grinch. Oh, yeah.
1: it is. Okay. Yeah,
3: it's a little Cindy Lou Who sings yep. that song.
0: You know, In like her little childlike voice. Sorry. Well, it's not, not childlike.
3: <laughs> she is a child. The, these aren't all. Mov- th- that was the only movie one I okay. uh, so You don't have to these- apologize. Yeah. I got it right. <laughs> it's a good thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next question. Later on. It's we'll Celine can- Dion. Oh.
1: That's oh. who sings that song. Okay, okay. Anyways, moving on.
3: Oh, Okay. Later on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire. Let it snow, the Christmas song, Frosty the Snowman, or Winter Wonderland.
1: Wait a minute. We're naming the song that you just gave the lyrics to? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay.
3: Uh, the Christmas song.
1: Winter Wonderland. Can you repeat the lyrics? now that I know Later
3: on, we'll conspire as we dream by the fire.
1: Winter Wonderland.
3: It is Winter Wonderland. Yes. I heard
2: oh, the chestnuts roasting is Christmas song. that's for Christmas.
3: There's a lot of fire yeah. in these songs. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. why, if you don't sing it, it sounds right. kind of like, oh, actually, nope. I, I heard I might uh, not be so Christian sure. comedian
0: Mark Lowry do a version of that song where it's he called it Walking in My Winter Underwear uh, <laughs> to the tune of Ma- Walking in a Winter Wonderland.
1: <laughs> there's that.
2: Look it up; it's so that, great. That's one piece of info. <laughs> that's what this show and is. There's that <laughs> we're
1: appealing to a lot of. We're, we're lot of. we are the the embodiment of variety today. Yeah, that's
0: it is a variety show, talk and variety. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Next. So question. we, me and Lawrence and I got a point on that one. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's two one zero.
0: Here we go. Question number three: The
3: fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbye. Jingle bells, winter wonderland, let it snow, a holly jolly christmas. Let it snow.
1: Let it snow. Three let it snows, yeah.
3: All right, you guys got. Yeah, that was an easier one, I feel. Good job, yeah. You all got it right. <laughs> well, thanks. I'm waiting yeah, for the All
0: right. I'm waiting for the Coventry carol here in a second. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Or green sleeves. Ooh, green sleeves.
3: <laughs> all right, here we go. Question number 4. Say hello to friends you know and everyone you meet. Winter wonderland. A Holly Jolly Christmas, White Christmas,
0: or The Christmas Song?
2: Have a Holly Jolly Christmas.
0: Have a Holly Jolly Christmas by Burl Ives, 1943.
1: Yep. That's the correct song, yep. <laughs> I agree with
2: that.
3: Yeah, it's that's, that's right. Long
0: play album. It's that. A Holly Jolly Christmas is correct. He has a distinct voice, Burl Ives. Yep. I mean, a lot of people sing yes. it, but Burl Ives had a... You yep. wouldn't Him, think that Bing he would Crosby, get
1: popular... those kind of guys are just the Christmas voices. Yep,
0: and he had... Carpenters. He really did a good job with the fun Christmas songs because he did the Frosty Snowman yep. early rendition of that too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, oh, he did. Well, final Unique song voice here. Agree. Plus, someone with the name Burl—you wouldn't think they'd go that far, but
1: yeah. Know. But he had Ives in it, which is Ives? almost a Christmas word.
0: That's true. It's true.
1: And it's not Ivy, <laughs> but it's Ives. Like it's almost a Christmas. Born yeah, word. I mean yep. Ivy, the, the Holly and the Ivy. You yeah. know, Ives. I wonder if that's his that's real right. name. It's. I wonder that's if what he Google's changed it. For. Yeah, that's right. I'm All on right. it. There you go. Okay, and one more.
3: Okay, final. It's a true-false question. Where treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow is from White Christmas, true or false?
2: Um,
0: The movie? No, just the song. Or the song. The song is from the movie. Actually, the song existed 10 years before the movie. Oh. I watched it last week, and and with that cool uh, thing on Amazon Prime where you can, uh, you do X-ray. the little up arrow X-ray, yeah, and it true. gives you all the trivia and stuff. It's true, by the way. It is also true. Yes, it's I, also I, true. I verify. I verify <laughs> Chris's true statement. It's true.
1: Good job, guys. It's true. We know. We know our Christmas. Well, songs. we should. Once you got on the right track, once we got off the Grinch, we, I was money. Yeah, that's
0: right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so the guy's name is Burl. I C L E, Ickle, Icel, okay. Ivanhoe, Ives. Really? So his initials are B I I I. Wow. Burl, Burl Ickle, Ivanhoe, Ives. Where's he from originally? American singer and actors. Um, I know. Where, I know. I see where he died. But, where did uh, he that die? Was in Washington. Okay. Uh, in I'll Washington play in golf. State. Um, Playing golf. Who is that? I don't know. Was um. it uh, Bing Crosby? Yeah. Who playing golf. Well, he had finished his golf. last round. He had to go get
2: a Coke, and then he died. He's from Spokane, Washington. He's one of the most famous ever Spokane, Washington residents. And you can, uh, the last time I knew anything about it, you could still visit his um, uh, estate. You know, he has really? a home there. And uh, I know right where it is as you're driving. And it says, you know, uh, the Bing Crosby, something estate. Wow. So, yeah,
1: he was born in. He was born in. Uh, this is Burl Ives. He was Burl Lives, Was born in uh, Hunt City, Illinois. Hmm. I know Hunt City. No, Hunt City, kidding. Illinois, and um, started as his own. He had his own radio show, uh, the Wayfaring Stranger. Hmm. Was his own radio show, and he basically popularized traditional folk songs on it. And then he appeared in, in uh, "This is in the This is the Army," and then became a major star of CBS Radio. Wow! Um, and then he just started going into country music a lot with the mu- uh, Christmas like style and things, and other non Christmas songs. And then um, he did a little acting. His voiceover work is Sam the Snowman, mm-hmm. which is the one that just kind of trails through the snow yes, and right, stays as right, a little ball. Right. Had yep. the glasses. Yep. And, yep. It was a Rankin and Bass and, uh, Christmas yes. movie. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and had the umbrella. Yes, and the right. Yep. yep.
0: Well, I just want to congratulate you, Jared. You are the winner Thank
1: of you. this Christmas Thank you. Merry Christmas. Songs. I'd like to
0: share this award with um, <laughs> all our Christmas listeners because uh, it's special to me, and I want it to be special to them as well, especially those playing along at home that got all of those answers right. So really, everyone, this award is for you. It's not just for me, oh, to use on my own. What a guy. But I, I don't want to just enjoy it by myself. I'm tired of doing that. I'm turning over a new leaf. I've turned a corner, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And I've done it right here on the radio. It's it's a wonderful wow. life, everybody. What a, what a joy to be a part.
1: <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Merry Christmas, you old savings and loan. What, what else did he say? Merry Christmas. Uh, you-
1: he's running down the middle of the street yelling at everybody uh for a good like he, 3 minutes.
2: He was even happy about the uh the ball falling Yeah, off Yeah, what the, is that? The, the, yeah. the Bannister. Oh, are
1: you yeah. wonderful? Yeah, I don't know. He he just yep. gets he's really excited.
0: And you know that snow was soap flakes. Most of it was soap flakes. He's getting soap in his eyes the whole time. He's Oh, uh, terrible. Yeah, but he did a great job with that. I got to watch that tonight. Okay, so before we go to break and our listeners, you know, you might you might remember this, but so you know that uh in the States, back in the 80s and 90s, It's a Wonderful Life would play every, usually Thanksgiving evening or Christmas Eve. And the reason that was, they would also do like Christmas in Connecticut and some of those old, um, the old Christmas Carol. Um, they they did that because they were, after, I believe it was 50 years, movies became public domain. And so a lot of old black and white movies would become public domain, so television stations could play it without having to pay any royalties Yep, and it's a wonderful life had lost its copyright or trademark whatever they call it the license and so tv channels could pick it up and play it basically at little to no cost so it's a wonderful life was a classic every year because of that then in the 90s there was a big push to take black and white movies and colorize them Mm -hmm. and we had um i think we went shopping and uh see you later lawrence merry christmas are you coming back Okay, great. Uh, (laughs) So they gave us a copy of the colorized It's a Wonderful Life as part of our, like when we were buying a gift, they said, oh, here's a complimentary copy of the colorized version. Great. But then there was a revival of black and white movies maybe 10 years ago, and they kind of uncolorized everything. So it's really hard to find actually a colorized version of It's a Wonderful Life now. Huh. Have you ever seen the colorized version of It's a Wonderful Life? I've never seen any
2: version of It's a Wonderful Life.
0: You need to watch that tonight. <laughs> you need to watch that tonight. As a, as
2: a movie fan or whatever connoisseur, to not have seen It's a Wonderful Life, you at least need to you at least need to take a look. Right. I mean, that does not to say you are going to love it or something. but no. no. You just need to take a look at it. Yeah, you would. I think I I
0: would suspect that your wife will love it. And I bet she's seen it already. Yeah, she and has. that you will like it. So there you go. That's that's just my prediction. Maybe next week you can let us know what you thought of the movie. It's
2: good that? storytelling, if nothing else.
0: It is a great story. It <sighs> is a great story. And there's so many little tropes and quotes and things that come out of it that that you'll be like, oh, that's where that came from. Oh, that's where that came from. Mm, like okay. every time a bell rings an angel gets its wings, that's from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. So there see what I mean. You just had an <laughs> aha moment right there uh-huh. on the air. So all right, well, we're going to take a short break and then we'll come back and want we'll to talk a little more. Christmassy stuff. So you guys stick around for just a couple more minutes. Okay. And listeners, you stick around as well. And uh, when we come back, a little more Christmas talk. It is just a few days before Christmas being Friday, December 21st, 420 PM here at the KHMG studios. Glad to have you with us back after this. back With a little more live till five, Lawrence had to run. He's uh, he wears many hats around here. His wingman role here at KHMG is really one of his less taxing jobs compared to some of his other roles. It's probably ranked third or fourth, maybe, maybe farther down the list. I don't know, but uh, he yeah. is he is also the high school principal at Harvest Christian Academy, and he's headed back over to. Micronesian Mall, and uh, maybe it's a good time to put in a plug. If you need your gifts wrapped, there are some Harvest Christian Academy students over there. Stop by and see them. They might be able to help you out. Okay, guys, I wanted to run, since you were doing your little quiz, the great quiz, not just your little quiz, it was a great quiz um, about Christmas songs, and since we really knew our stuff, let me run a few Christmas song uh, grammar lessons by you. Okay, so first I'll, I'll tell you a little bit of the phrase and then you tell me uh, what song it's from and what you think it means. So how about uh, this? Round yon virgin. What Christmas song is that from? Sebastian. Um,
2: I know, I know.
0: Oh, holy night?
2: Silent night. Silent oh, that's night.
0: That's what it was. Oh, I knew I had night. So uh, <laughs> what do you think round yon virgin means? I, I imagine it's yonder.
2: Is that yawn word? Yeah, yeah, she's over there. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's like she's obviously expecting, and she's over there. Okay. That—that's what I imagine. Well, that's that's what
0: I have always had in the back of my mind. They're talking about round yawn virgin. Yeah, but it actually is around the yawn virgin. So people are standing around, or all this is happening Uh around the virgin that's over there yonder. So it's around yonder virgin well let me give you an answer that you didn't ask for just now we have the espresso
3: maker that is a percolator not an espresso machine
0: mm. aha yes. yes okay so the little the little <laughs> stovetop one. okay yes. thank you jessica for clarifying <laughs> and by the way again thank you jessica for just making it for us okay so it's around yonder like that one over there yeah. so listening audience some of you your mind was just blown but wait there's more there's more. Oh. You can look this up in Mental Floss, by the way. Sometimes Mental Floss okay. has some pretty good uh, sure. lists. Six grammar lessons hidden in Christmas songs. Here's another one. Troll the yank the ancient. I'm still on yonder, Sebastian. Troll the ancient Yuletide carols. What does that mean? Troll the ancient Yuletide
3: carols. Um. Um. I don't know.
2: I would imagine you you sing them, you yes. troll those ancient carols of Yule, <laughs> which is Christmas, right?
0: Yeah, it's uh, according to um, this one website, troll, <laughs> one use, website. Yeah, which, you know, that's where you always get good stuff. Um, one of the meanings of trolls used since the 16th century is to sing in a full rolling voice, yes. to chant merrily or jovially. Related to the sense of rolling or passing around, probably came to be used to mean singing because of rounds where the melody is passed from one person to the next. So singing around. Modern obnoxious sense of troll came much later. Okay. What's so, Yuletide? Yuletide, of course, is Christmas. Yuletide. The Yuletide is a cri- reference what to is Yule? Christmas. We're going to get to that, maybe. <laughs> You'll find out later. You'll so. find oh, out. Oh, oh, oh. You'll be patient. Okay. <laughs> the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head what 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 song's that from sebastian it's the
3: Lord Jesus
0: oh holy night <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Chris, what do you think it's from
2: uh, i i i'm not i'm not is it um it came upon a midnight clear no Away in a manger. No crib for his bed. The little
0: Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. You got better quiz questions than I do. Okay. The correct form is laid, but it often gets changed to lay, and with good reason. Laid is the past tense of lay, which should be used here because the little Lord Jesus isn't simply reposing or lying, but he's setting something down. Laying. Okay? (laughs) If it were the present tense, you could say he lays down his sweet head. But in the past tense, lay is the form for lie. It's a rule that seems rigid uh, just to trip people up, but here it gets even worse because the word right after laid is down. The word ending with D followed by a word beginning with D, then you say laid down. It's hard to tell whether the first D is there or not. As a practical matter, both lay and laid sound exactly the same in this context. Mm. He laid down. Did I just say lay down? Or I say laid down. How about this? Know. You better watch out.
2: You better not cry. Santa Claus is coming to town. That's correct. To okay. Imagine. Well, he's... he's I, I mean, why would you cry? That's the name of... I don't really yeah, understand right. that. But okay. So,
0: uh, let's see here. Many grammar guides advise that the proper form of you'd better She's should better. be you had better. Yeah. And, okay. So, though the had better construction has been a part of English for 1,000 years, it came from a distortion of phrases... Like, him were better than he never were born. Uh, Where were was subjunctive. It would have been better. All of our English nerds are just loving this. And him, or me, or you, or us, was in the dative case. Him were better. If you have been better for him. People started changing. Yeah, dative. Anyway, let's just skip ahead. How about was, the next one? I was going to say
2: you're going to have to now explain dative case uh, yeah, because yeah, I don't I even know. understand oh, that. Is
0: that an I'm, informative case? I'm lost in the weeds. Yeah. I'm not sure. You're the most recent college graduate. You should know I'm these pretty things. sure dative is informative. Okay, that's good. And Actually, all, all,
2: you're the most recent. That's uh, true. You have graduate. a master's. Yeah. That's I don't.
0: <laughs> okay, well, therefore, I shall move on. <laughs> How about this one? With kids jingle-belling and missile With kids jingle belling, and then later on, dot, 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 and then later on in the song Mistletoeing. What song is that from? It has the words jingle belling, and it also has the words mistletoeing. It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's correct. First, with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling, be a good cheer. And then later on, there'll be much mistletoeing, and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. Of course, in a song, uh, concession to rhythm and rhyme needs to be made, and sometimes this involves making up a few words. But the practice of turning nouns into verbs is as old as English itself. So jingle bells and jingle belling became yeah. a verb, and mistletoe, mistletoeing became a verb as yeah. well.
2: We're live till fiving right now.
0: We are live till fiving. And here you go. This is this is a tough one, Sebastian. Right. For a 1,000 points. Oh, boy. To pull you into the lead by 997 points. <laughs> God rest you merry gentlemen. What Christmas song is that from? Um, it's for a thousand points. God rest you, merry gentlemen. God rest you, merry gentlemen.
2: There you go. Yeah. Very good. Our
0: listeners were just <laughs> screaming at the radio. There, yes. Notice the comma placement there. The gentlemen in this phrase are not necessarily taken to be merry already. God rest ye, merry comma, gentlemen. Yeah. This is this is very interesting. I never realized this. I'll let nothing you dismay. So it's like, hey, you, you, merry gentlemen. God rest you. Yeah. It's not that. It's not that. That's what I always thought. They're merry gentlemen. God rest you, merry gentlemen. No, it is, hey, you gentlemen over there! Exclamation point. Rest May God merry. rest you. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a merry way. Yeah. Shakespeare's time, rest you, merry, was a way to express good wishes, to say something like peace and happiness to you. Other versions were rest you, fair, or rest you, happy. Came from the sense rest, meaning be at ease. We still use the phrase rest assured. In God rest you, Mary, comma, uh, you is the object of rest. And when people make this song sound more old-timey by substituting ye for you, like in Bing Crosby's version, they are messing up the original grammar because ye was the subject form. So anyway, actually, it's not quite true because even Shakespeare's time, ye was sometimes used as the object form. However, if you want to go that way, to be consistent with your pronouns, God rest ye, Mary, comma, gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. The second you, let nothing you or ye dismay is an object. So let nothing dismay you. Right. Don't let anything
2: dismay you. Right.
0: So, you know, be at rest, gentlemen. Be merry. Okay. And then don't be dismayed by anything. Yeah. Mind blown. Listeners, that's why this is an an educational show as much as anything. We're trying to inform and educate, edify, encourage, entertain. It's It's an
2: English lesson, no doubt. Proper English or improper?
0: That's right. We we have at Whatever least one the case person. May be, we're that, uh, listening. <laughs> yeah, we 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 have people listening right now. We have one person just chimed in. They love the chatter about the Christmas songs. Thank you very much. I take chatter as a compliment right. on this show. Maybe not other times. Um, and then I know the earlier chatter. we had CW listening. I don't know if he still is, but uh, he is a an English. Like he really knows his English because. He's got some English in him.
2: He's Englishing <laughs> right now.
0: Yes, he's Englishing. Yeah. And uh, he's probably recoiling, actually. So, anyway, guys, thanks for hanging around a little extra time today. So, uh, Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, you know, just hanging out with baby and uh, going to go to a little
3: um, thing tomorrow at the beach with the. the oh, college. HBBC students. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. And, That'll uh, be fun. Yeah. So, just hang out. And...
0: Great. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, uh, enjoy your. Stovetop espresso maker.
2: Thank you. Yes, great.
0: Nice All right, too. Chris. What are you doing this weekend?
2: Well, uh, there's church on Sunday. Gonna do that, and um, I'm gonna just, I, you know, I was, I was trying to think of something exciting, but I don't know what I'm gonna do. Probably just rest. It's been yeah. really busy. Right. I, I'm. You know what? So forget it. I'm not gonna come up with something amazing.
0: You know what? God rest you, Mary. Yes. Uh, and, you know, little little reference to I, our I previous know. conversation. God rest nothing you, Nothing dismay Mary. me. Yes, right that's now. right. Not God rest you, Mary, like I just called you Mary, but Mary, yeah. M-E-R-R-Y. Yeah, don't anyway. call me Mary.
2: Anyway. Hey,
0: <laughs> Shirley. Who's calling me Shirley? I am serious. All right. You guys have a great weekend. <laughs> Listeners, you stick around. We're going to have a little more live till five after this short break. A little more live till 5. It's Friday, December 21st, 4.38 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. Wanted to talk about a list. I saw a list of the top 25 best Christmas carols out there, and this was from the U.K., and I believe it was a website dedicated more towards, like, choir masters, so choral choir songs, and many of them were obscure to me, honestly. But the number two uh, rated choir-type song was this one here. And listen this. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not. I don't know if you've ever heard this one before or not. It's called In Dulce Jubileo. In Sweet Rejoicing, traditional Christmas carol. Original setting, the carol is... uh, Macronic texts of German and Latin Dating to the Middle Ages Subsequent translations in English By J.M. Neal's arrangement Good Christian Men Rejoice Have Increased in Popularity So you recognize the tune? But before it was ever Good Christian Men Rejoice It was In Sweet Rejoicing In Dulce Jubilo The original song uh, Alternation of Medieval German and Latin Thought to have been written By the German mystic Heinrich Sees 1328, this is a very old song. He's heard angels singing the words and he joined them in a dance of worship according to his his story. So the second most popular song on this list, on the list of the top 25 carols from a UK choir website, In Dulcie Jubilo. It's a beautiful song. I like the English version, the Anglicized version, Good Christian Men Rejoice. But here's the number one song, and this you'll hear <clears throat> during the the uh, times that we're playing Christmas music throughout the season. You'll hear this song come up often, and I would not have thought of this as the number one, by this one website, rated song. This is not what I would have picked. That's why it's kind of of note here. In the Bleak Midwinter, one of the most beloved songs of the Christmas season, a favorite of choir directors. There you go. And this is from a different website. Written by a woman whose life was full of suffering. In the Bleak Midwinter is considered by choir masters as the world's greatest Christmas carol. Noted Liberty University professor Karen Swallow Pryor, writing the Gospel Coalition Saturday, said that, but the lyrics of the song were not set to music until 12 years after the death of the poet who penned them. Born to Italian parents in England, poet Christina Rossetti is the author of A Christmas Carol, which was later titled In the Bleak Midwinter and was first published in 1872 in Scribner's Monthly, an American journal. Rossetti grew up in a family that valued the arts. Her father was a scholar of Dante. Her two older brothers helped uh, form the pre-Raphaelite Brotherhood, an arts community comprised of English painters, poets, critics. It was founded in 1848. So this is the most beloved choir master Christmas song. Let me play just a few more seconds of it. It is a beautiful song and the words are really a, a great depiction of the gospel story really a very pretty song it's hard to picture a bleak midwinter when you live in a beautiful tropical locale like guam but just wanted to share that with you um now as we we were just talking about the cookies that our staff baker made and they have a lot of different names so uh the 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 title that she uses for it the cookies are russian tea cakes and from what we heard from sebastian it is her grandmother or even great-grandmother's recipe and uh, russian tea cakes is a pastry often eaten around christmas you can see pictures of these beautiful cookies they're all gone now by the way they're gone they're not coming back they're gone but they're it's so it's a russian tea cake kind of pastry eaten around christmas in the u.s there's two countries already it's a form of jumble, pastry common to England in the Middle Ages. There's the third country involved in this. Similar varieties are known as Mexican wedding cakes or Mexican wedding cookies. There's the fourth country, Italian wedding cookies. That's what I have known them as. That's the fifth. Butterballs or occasionally snowball cookies for their powdery white spherical appearance when appearing around the winter holidays. And I got to admit, I've never had one in July. I've only had them around Christmas time, so... This is a great time to have them. And there are some commercially made ones here, uh, commercially made cookies here on Guam that are a paltry resemblance to the delicious melt-in-your-mouth version that we just had on the show. So I encourage you to go to our Facebook page and check out a picture. Chris happens to be a photographer and a food aficionado. So it was kind of best of both worlds today for him. So anyway, those were really good. Can't say enough about them. That's what all the listeners are thinking, too. Like, hey, you obviously can't say enough about them. So um, there are a lot of interesting things out there. Uh, we had a box of Korean citrus fruit in the back of the office today. And I think there were tangerines. And, um, you know, in when I was growing up, in my Christmas stocking, they would always put an orange or a tangerine in there. And that's kind of a... Uh, common practice with certain uh, European immigrants that came to the United States and kind of carried forward the Christmas stocking tradition and then putting a, like an orange or a citrus fruit in there actually goes back to 12th century France. Um, some nuns would leave stockings filled with nuts and other fruits in the ho- uh, at the houses of poor families. So that was an interesting thing. Um, There are a number of other interesting ones. I I don't know if I'm going to take a ton of time on this, but the Nazareth sugar cookie. I don't know if you've ever heard of these. Nazareth sugar cookie, addictive holiday essential come in all shapes and sizes frosted and sprinkled with colored sugar. There's nothing better than butter, sugar, and a little vanilla popular cookie called the Nazareth sugar cookie. um, That's what the Amish call it was perfected by the Moravians who settled in Nazareth, Pennsylvania from Germany. Now the sugar cookie is Pennsylvania's state cookie and a quintessential Christmas treat. How many of you listeners have had a Nazareth sugar cookie? Follow-up question. How many of you that have had a Nazareth sugar cookie knew it was from Nazareth, Pennsylvania? Third question. How many of you are Steelers or Eagles fans? See, if you're all three, then you're probably from Pennsylvania. Uh, And then finally, eggnog. The wealthy drank Warmed milk with an egg beverage laced with expensive spices and brandy or sherry. The origin of the word nog is disputed, but it may have come from noggin, kind of a wooden mug, so to speak. Um, and so the English called uh, ale nog because it was held in these types of mugs. So often made to toast held, perfect for time special occasions. The First eggnog made in the United States, might have been sipped in 1607 in Jamestown according to reports by Captain John Smith. December is National Eggnog Month, by the way. number of other interesting stories out there that I don't have time to get to, but I do want to take just a short break, and when I come back, I talk a little news with Chris and wrap up the hour. I invite you to join us for our church service on Sunday, so stick around. This is Live Till 5, episode 295, on this Friday, December 21st, 4.47 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. More Live Till 5 after this short break. And we're back with a little more Live Till 5, the last 10 minutes of this show, Friday, December 21st, 4.50 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. I got a little update from Sebastian. Jessica's grandmother, who gave her the recipe for those Russian tea cakes slash Mexican wedding cookies slash Italian wedding cookies slash snowballs slash butterballs. Yes. Her grandmother's name? Jessica Dawn. Hmm. So Jessica is her namesake as well as a recipient of some great cooking knowledge. So thank you for that little tidbit there. Um, it's kind of the, the uh, that was really kind of the Mexican wedding cake, Russian tea cake of information. It was a sweet little morsel yeah. that we shared with friends at the Christmas holiday. Thank okay. you for that. That's great. All right. Uh, Chris, you got a little little something to share with us today.
2: Well, I earlier I, I just happened to be reading through the BBC just a... Uh, Twitter feed and I came across a story that I said we should do this for live till five. So it's the only piece of news I have today, and then we don't have much time anyway. So it was a a scheme that's happening right now on the very popular uh I guess for young adults and teens uh game Fortnite. Yes. There's probably Fortnite players. Is that what you call people? Yes. Players? Yep. Fortnite players listening. Basically, here's what's happening. Let me sum it up for you because this is a lengthy story. And it's-
0: Fortnite is a video game. Are you going to explain what the game is about? I don't know what the game is about. The game is basically a multiplayer platform. Yeah. And it's on every possible – you can play it on your phone Okay. Ver- through one platform. You can play it on any game system, so Nintendo, Xbox, PlayStation. Right. And it's basically – it's an online game where – You know, millions of people all around the world are playing, but you all enter an arena and you battle on an island or something like that, and the space gets smaller and smaller, and you're trying to, you know, keep your character, your little avatar alive, and be the last person standing, basically at the end of a round, oh, and then you you win um, uh, upgrades to your character and outfits and all kinds of you okay. know, fake coinage and things like that, but they make their money by also selling. So you can pay to upgrade your character. You can right. pay to buy other things. And people play thousands of hours of this game. So they rack up a lot of credit and, and they're, they're, they have a highly skilled avatar because of that. So And
2: that is the key to this particular scheme. Yep. So what hackers are doing, it's called cracking, not hacking for some reason. It has something to do with... Uh, Video games. Creative hacking. Cracking. I don't know. Um, Basically, what they're doing is they're stealing people's accounts. And the most highly valued accounts are those that have all the things that Jared was just talking about. You've got particular skins, I think they're called, that are very highly valued. And it takes you a long time to um, achieve, uh, to get those skins. And so if you can steal enough... Of those accounts, you can then resell them online so that a person would pay high dollar amounts just to get these particular skins, these particular um, add-ons that would normally take you a long time, a lot of effort, and a lot of money to get. So they have uh, hackers uh, that have uh, hacked into a 1,000 accounts in just a single day. And they can sell from anywhere between um, just a few cents, like 25 cents per account, to up to hundreds of pounds. That's pounds sterling, but hundreds of dollars. So potentially you could hack into an account, uh, sell it, and make thousands of dollars. One of these hackers said that he's made 16,500 pounds sterling. You know, twenty thousand dollars, wow, in seven months wow. of hacking accounts, and apparently it 's easier than some games to hack into because there's a there 's not a two factor authentication on every account, so there of course, the creator of the game is trying to encourage this two factor authentication for security purposes, but I just thought this was pretty interesting, yeah, apparently, I had not heard that apparently it 's an epidemic, and there are about two hundred million players. And um, it's because people don't have a secure, you know, username. I, I gather there's a username. It's definitely password, though, because yeah. throughout here it says that people who have easy-to-solve passwords right. are the, those that are getting hacked most often.
0: And it makes sense because um, although there are a lot of adults that play, uh, there are yeah. a lot of children that play, even younger kids. And so password authentication with children that, you know, younger kids, you have to create a password that they can remember that's easy. And so it probably simplifies the password to a level where it's very easy to guess.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah. Especially if you're using an automated tool of some sort to crack the uh, the password. Yeah. yeah, It just keeps trying. I just thought that was interesting. It is. I I hadn't heard about that. And uh, obviously you can go to jail for doing this Oh this uh, yeah. yeah this is yeah. A pretty serious it's like an identity offense. theft yeah. issue yeah pretty serious offense so there are people going to jail for stealing fortnite skins how, is basically how would, what's happening
0: how would you like to be sitting in a holding cell yeah. with with five other guys and you each go around the room saying what you did to end up in there yeah. and your and your offense was cracking fortnite skins yeah, I don't know if you'd have a lot of respect. No, no. on the prison yard. No, no. You no. might be towards the bottom of the totem pole, right? Uh, in that in that situation. So interesting yeah. story. Dangerous. Yeah. So, uh, Chris, I appreciate you uh, giving all the time today. I'm going to close out the show, but yeah, have a great weekend and a Merry Christmas. You too. Thanks. All right, uh, listeners, we have about three minutes left of the show. If you ever miss part of the show, by the way, you can always go to khmg.org khmg.org, and you can download the podcast of this show. Usually on normal Friday, that podcast is uploaded within a few hours of the end of the show. And uh, we'll put a little note out on Facebook. So if you go to Harvest Family Radio Guam and follow us on Facebook, you get notified when the podcast is available. Then you can share that. You can listen to it at your convenience, download it to your phone. And um, we just want to make it available to you. Not everyone can listen for two straight hours. We rebroadcast both hours of the show on Saturdays, noon to 2 Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night. So catch us on The Rebound for those, or download the podcast, or listen to our live stream through our website, khmg.org. You can just click the Listen button and uh, listen to a beautiful stream. You don't have to have a radio to listen to this radio show anymore. Now, one final, one final implication. Uh, if I could, Im- I guess not uh, implication, I think it would be more of a, just a request. If you don't have a church home this Sunday, it is the Sunday before Christmas, please visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. We're going to have a beautiful service Sunday morning, 10 30 a.m., lots of Christmas music. It's going to be, we're going to be worshiping together and and just celebrating the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. Something special about this Sunday is we're going to have coffee and donuts available from 9.30 to 10.15. So if you come on campus, you can find a parking spot. You can go by the coffee shop. We're going to have some coffee and donuts out there. You can enjoy a nice little refreshment. Maybe you're inviting people to come to church. This is your one chance. People are maybe a little more willing to visit church on, on this Sunday, the 23rd of December. Invite them to come. Between 9.30 and 10.15, we'll have donuts and coffee out there free of charge. We just want to be a blessing to you on on that morning, And then come on into the church auditorium before 10.30, find a seat, and then worship with us 10.30 a.m., December 23rd, for our Christmas service. And it's going to really be a blessing, and we would love to have you with us. If you don't have a church home, please consider Harvest as a place that you could find a church home. If you have a church home, maybe you just haven't been attending faithfully, maybe you've kind of let it slide. You know what? This Sunday would be a great day to go back. And only if the church that you're attached to opens God's Word and preaches it. Um, you know, the Bible is where the power comes from. It's not from man's wisdom. It's not supposed to be a self-help group or chicken soup for the soul. It really is supposed to be from God's Word, and we're celebrating the birth of Christ this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church, 10 30 a.m., 9 30 to 10 15. going to have a little refreshments, coffee and donuts. We'd love to have you join us. And if you come because you heard about it on the radio, please come up and introduce yourself. I'm Jared Baldwin. I'm one of the pastors I'd love to meet you and get to know you a little bit. And that's all for episode 295 on this Friday, December 21st. So glad to have you with us. I wish you a very Merry Christmas. Have a great weekend. You're listening to us on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Merry Christmas.